Just watching the National Press Corps respond to another Media So White situation. No, a Media So White situation. I know, I know. Can you believe it? I thought we had solved this. I thought this was all taken care of. I think we have solved it. <laughs> you and I. Shut up. I think up. we have. I think we have the keys to what needs to happen, and no, no power. Oh my no goodness. Power. So, who here reads the Vancouver Sun? Not me. Not me at all. But <laughs> not me <I> either. <laughs> but <laughs> the Vancouver Sun had um, some opinions that they decided to publish. Some mm-hmm. some white supremacist opinions. Some anti-immigrant opinions. Some xenophobic opinions that they decided to publish. But... Don't worry, it's not Vancouver Sun's fault because literally nobody read the article before it was published, so it's totally fine. See, the, the, the issue is that they don't have editors that read the, the things that are submitted before they're published. And so this is nobody's <laughs> fault. The paper itself isn't racist. No. Nope. It was just the osmosis of, of the, the, um, the newspaper industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's a pretty good description for how like media works, right? It's like no one's racist. It's just that racism happens. Seeps in there. Osmosis. It's just, it's osmosis. It's like, (laughs) oh, I tripped over some racism again. It's like, you dropped that racism. You did that. No, I didn't. It's actually, that's how my kids act when they fucking mess everything up in the house and they're like I didn't knock that over it's like I watched you do it actually (laughs) so let's explain for folks what the fuck we're talking about so the Vancouver Sun they published this article yeah and and the the article is published by a guy who they called a professor incorrect it was based on research that they misinterpreted. Uh, the, fir- the only link in the piece was to a, a, a far-right global uh, research think tank. And I went to that research think tank the night that they published it to see what, you know, what kind of think tank this thing was. And the first article uh, that popped up at, the, at their website was how the quote-unquote woke left is, new- is the new Stalinism. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, we, we are dealing with some very serious fucking people uh, in this little op-ed. <laughs> it was written by Mark Hecht, which I think is a German name. And he uh, is, as I said, he's not a professor. He's got a master's um, in some sort of uh, ecology, biology thing. Actually, I'm not sure if you had a chance to even hear what his research interests are, but I thought that they were very interesting. I haven't. Tell me more. According to Mount Royal University's website, where I guess he's been an instructor, his main interest includes invasive species dispersal, invasion, colonization, and evolutionary adaptation, especially as it relates to European ecological dominance. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What? Yeah, when I when I ch- like looked this guy up again, I was doing all this like in bed on Friday night because that was it, it hit it went live on Friday night. I mean, I'm in I'm in EST in, in the Eastern time zone, you know, so earlier in the Pacific time zone, and it was like, sorry, this is a joke, right? Like this guy is basically 
taken his plant research and just like exchanged plants for fucking <laughs> Europeans and is making an argument that um, that diversity oh is God. bad because in Denmark, diversity has been a disaster. And then he provides no proof that it has been a disaster. And if you watch the far right, I mean, Denmark is kind of a uh it's it's kind of a mythical place for the far right as this like pure white nation that has uh, been attacked by immigration, and, which is not actually at all what Denmark's like. It's a diverse society and the, the quality of living in Denmark is extremely high, higher than in Canada. So this article comes out, it basically advocates like mass deportations um, and that diversity is bad. He doesn't talk about where German diversity falls in this kind of thing, <laughs> like whether or not he thinks he needs to go back to Germany. Um, maybe his editors could have asked him that. <laughs> oh my God. But it's an embarrassing, it's an embarrassing, embarrassing piece of shit. And the Vancouver Sun pulled it the next morning. They pulled it from the province, which is a, a tabloid paper um, that basically runs a lot of the same content. This is These are all post-media properties. And so uh, depending on who you were when you saw this, this was either um, a mistake done by, because editors just didn't know any better and holy shit, we can't believe this happened, or um, it's a part of the reality of the white news ecosystem where this kind of shit does get passed because, or this kind of shit does get past editors because at the end of the day, editors can be racist. <laughs> And so I just want to be clear that this this piece did run in their print edition. It was taken down from the online edition, which is an extraordinary step for a for a, a publication to take because the fact that it's already been online and people have already referenced it um, makes it difficult to to say like this is what it did say or this is how things did happen in this story before. Typically, newspapers will publish some sort of addendum or or change something and say that they've changed it in the article. But I, it is so bad. It is so recklessly white supremacist that they that they did remove it from online, which is an extraordinary step. And even though they've had to take that extraordinary step, it somehow did not like stop through whatever vetting process that they have whatever editorial process that they have to not make it into the print version so it was in the print version of the vancouver sun which is remarkable and so as Nora says on twitter some of the folks who are connected to the vancouver sun are are saying that well they just didn't know that the article was being printed they didn't they didn't see it and by some people I'm talking about like the editor-in-chief I'm talking about the comments editor and there have been a few articles from other publications across Canada saying like what's going on here uh where the response seems to be like oh sorry guys our bureaucracy sucks or something like we just didn't see the the piece before it was published which is so outrageous and uh, like the also the response is, you know, we're not racist. We're not anti-immigrant. Um, even if we were, that's not a conservative position or whatever. I don't know. Um, uh, 
you know, like we just we just happen to have a have an editorial process where nobody read this or something. <laughs> like it just <laughs> we just <laughs> we, we we just happen to not do literally our job at all, <laughs> which is like such a lie. <laughs> like it's such a lie and you know this is coming off of the heels of this news that post media had some sort of the national post had some sort of like uh discussion about how they wanted to be more outwardly conservative recently and so it Mm. it just i you know i just don't buy that they didn't know that they were um publishing this really conservative screed but more than that i need these newsrooms to understand that you can't say I'm not racist on one hand and then also say I just don't read anything that we print on the other hand okay (laughs) that that will lend itself to a racist result okay because that's the way that this whole thing works you know there's a structure it's racist if you don't align yourself to interrupt that racism in the institutions that you have power in, then you will instead replicate racism, okay? So in in your admission that you refuse to read the content that you publish, which is a bullshit admission, but let's pretend it's real, <laughs> in that admission, you are acknowledging, in fact, that you're racist, and I need you to understand that. But also, 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 you're journalists. I mean... Bar one is read, I feel like. Bar two, perhaps write. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think, Nora? You actually went to J school. Oh, well, yeah, I learned in J school that racism is really embedded in the entire industry. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. Yeah, and the way that you describe it, I mean, it sounds like a conspiracy, Sandy. It sounds like you're saying that there's a conspiracy in the news industry. Oh, am I supposed to respond to that? (laughs) Am I am I supposed to deny? <laughs> I've seen that word used a lot in this in this um, episode, and I think it's quite interesting. So, uh, you referenced the the right word shift of post media, and the editor in chief of post media uh, was kind of quick uh, next morning uh, that this was published to say that he had never seen it, he he had nothing to do with it, and of course, you know, the Vancouver Sun is its own newspaper. Post media is a higher kind of chain that they're all part of, but both produce content that would appear in the Vancouver Sun or in in newspapers across Canada. And he said, I just want to put the conspiracies to rest, you know, that this that that this was just an error. And I thought it was super (laughs) fascinating because an error. I know. Imagine. I know. But on the other side of Canada, or maybe not the other side, I guess, like in the middle of Canada, sorry, Winnipeg, at the Hamilton Spectator, Mm-hmm. They also used the word conspiracy to refer to another error that they made where they called, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but they called in a headline, a white nationalist as an activist. So the headline was something like activist, something, something. I can't remember if it's the white nationalist that worked at Hamilton, uh, who's, who's recently lost his job, or if there was white nationalists president at a city council meeting but rather than calling this person a white nationalist who's known as being a white nationalist they just called him an activist (laughs) 
Interesting editorial choice there. <laughs> well, and so they also uh, just yesterday put out their um, their mea culpa on um, on messing up with racism again, like I guess the Vancouver Sun. And I just love how they wrote this. The tweet from the Hamilton Spectator says, "We were attacked on social media for a careless and damaging print headline on a front page story. It identified a Hamilton, Ontario white nationalist as an activist." Newspapers try harder than most, but we are not above being ill-informed, writes Paul Burton. And then you, you kind of look at the, at the embedded text from Twitter of the headline. Paul Burton, headline was dumb, but not part of a conspiracy. That's really interesting that that's how they're framing it. Um, that, you know, they're not a part of some sort of conservative conspiracy. I say that it's interesting because I don't think that they understand, like, the forces that are impacting them enough to get them to view a white nationalist white supremacist as a as an activist that is is getting them to view some fucking european biologist biology major whatever the fuck (laughs) as as a as a voice that deserves to be published on the idea of of uh migration in canada like this is a concerted campaign journalists you need to understand that and in your response to it your response of whether or not you are going to normalize uh, racism normalize white supremacy normalize the far right is going to have a significant impact on our society it's irresponsible to see people responding to what you're putting out And they're outraged because this is an unacceptable type of rhetoric to be published in uh, the national press. It's irresponsible to look at that and say, why why do they think we're part of some conspiracy? They are responding to an attempt to, a bald attempt to shift what the political center is in this country to the right. And the fact that you folks haven't seen it and have responded to it in such a way to allow it to happen. That's not people accusing you of a conspiracy, but it is people recognizing that there are social forces that are attempting to shift the political discussion in our society. Yeah, it's as if journalists looked at Wall Street and they were like, holy fuck, the, the financial system's super complicated. Like, this is this is pretty much a conspiracy (laughs) rather than like doing the work to understand the forces at play that impact their decisions, their omissions, their, their ways that they've responded to this and not disassociated from this whole issue as well as Mount uh, Royal university that uh, had to also had to, they decided to put out a statement. Not sure if you saw their statement and it also sucks I mean, big surprise, right? So the university where the the writer, Mark Hecht, oh, I don't know, maybe taught a couple of classes or fuck, maybe he even did his uh, master's there. They put out a statement uh, that front loaded their commitment to free speech and then back loaded that they reject the narrative that was in this guy's editorial or that was in this guy's article and that students should, you know, feel comfortable at their university. And it was just, it's just like every single structure that exists in this Canada is racist. Like, I mean, that's 
the most basic truth, I think, that you can take and you can apply it to literally every single industry, every single bureaucracy, and you can see racism in it. And that, you know, that might sound like a conspiracy if you're a white guy and you're not sure exactly how racism operates and you ne- you know, haven't necessarily seen racism up front, whether or not that's because you're ultra sheltered or you benefit from racism. And so you have a, a you have a an interest in not seeing it. Uh, but I mean, we got to do better as a society because um, things are coming to a head. And the fact that post media one you know, a post-media paper can publish this, two, um, has announced that they're going to be going further to the right in their, in their political coverage. I mean, these are, these are signals that the folks in power understand that these things are coming to a head, that there are people, that are people in Canada saying, we're not actually going to take this anymore, that we've taken this for, for far too long. We're not taking this anymore. And, I mean, I, I have a lot of hope and excitement around that kind of reaction to these kinds of dying dinosaur bureaucracies. But fuck, it really sucks to have to witness <laughs> yet another and, and not just yet another. Um, uh, they also on the same day of the of the hecked article the Vancouver Sun published this totally shit piece justifying discrimination against trans people and trans women specifically. Because this movement of, uh, of, of women who call themselves feminists, who hate trans women and who want to deny their existence and deny them access to services, they also somehow get a toehold into the Vancouver Sun to, 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 to then play the victim in the campaign of silencing trans people and trans women in, in, in this in, in particular. It's, uh, it, you know, then I'm like, wow, fuck, maybe there is a conspiracy of the right. <laughs> Look, they know that I think that the newsrooms are know enough to know what they're doing. Like, I don't think that we can pretend that or, you know, try to give anyone the benefit of the doubt here. Like we like we live in we all live in this society. We know what's going on. They know what they're doing. They're attempting to be uh, more conservative. And uh, yes, people are going to call you out on it and you deserve to be called out on it and uh, or not exist if you're going to continue to be this shitty. (laughs) Fucking stupid newspapers. I think we're going to see more of this as we yes. get closer and closer to October. I am already yes. jaded about how much more of this we're going to see as we move into October. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to that, but I think that it can only get worse. We also have to be a little bit thoughtful about how the left is interacting in the media as we get closer to October, but also beyond a little bit, like what does it mean to be um, a left politician engaging in media? There's a specific situation that happened this weekend that has brought this to my mind. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Tell the people. Tell the people. There was a tweet that went out uh, last week um, from uh, city councilor Mike Layton, who's of the Layton clan, famous Laytons. He's the son of, uh, of Jack Layton. And um, off the top of my head, the tweet started with, I'm not for reducing the Toronto Police Service's budget, but blah, 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 Which blah, is blah. outrageous because you should be. You should yeah. be. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. What? I mean. <laughs> uh, like... <laughs> 
base ugh, just basic shit okay? that's the floor that's the floor <laughs> like so floor like you don't have to do much but you do got to do that oh uh, if you <laughs> okay. I, I know what i i said that on twitter i was like this is the fucking floor of being on the left and someone told me that the ndp in bc has actually just increased the provincial budget of the police so i mean <sighs> great yeah great toss yeah. it out <laughs> yeah it's all it's so good and it's great too because it's like you know it's pretty ahistoric to just be all like yeah of course the police should have more money because it's like the police have more money than they've ever had ever before and um and, and it so- helps every time every time all the things get better every just give them more money more yeah. proportion of all of the things more than everything else yeah it, it solves all the problems well and and the most dangerous thing right now is you've got increasing police budgets at the same time in you know in ontario's uh situation you have a government that is also making many legal changes that are giving police more power and maybe sandy we should do an episode on some of these changes because i've seen very little written about um some of the changes that they've made to be able to enter people's houses without a warrant if they're if they're worried for the person which i mean Mm -hmm. sounds nice but you can imagine (laughs) the cops could be like oh we were worried about that guy before we shot him right um and and then last week they also announced that um that Finally, <laughs> this is awesome, and you may have missed it because because I know how hard you're studying right now. But the but the Ford government has made it possible for you to um, no longer have to give your insurance to the oh, cops. I, know, I saw it. I fucking saw it. Right, <laughs> right? You, you don't just, have you to just go fucking and hand them your goddamn <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> Hey, hey, check out all my shits. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's so. Oh my god, that's an outrageous conspiracy right there. That that's the conspiracy. That's the conspiracy we should all be concerned about. What the fuck is the government doing? Yeah, yeah. And so they're fucking like coming up with these really creative ways to get people to just be like, yeah, take everything I have to the cops. And then you have apparently progressive politicians like Mike Layton like saying, "Oh, you know, I'm not I'm not about reducing the the budget to the police." I think blah blah blah. I think that whatever they're maybe we can solve problems by giving more money to the police or something. And you know, people didn't like that. There were people that were critical of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as I said, I was critical of it. Um, but I, you know, Mike Layton doesn't know me, so it wasn't like he was like, "What the fuck, Nora? Fuck you!" Oh, but he did say that to someone else. <laughs> he most certainly did. So Desmond Cole, journalist in Toronto. He uh, criticized uh, Mike Layton publicly about this and criticized him in his show. He had a show. I think he had Mike Layton on the show. I didn't listen to it yet. Mm. But um, and then he put out like a tweet telling people about what was going on in the show, which criticized him. And I guess Mike Layton thought that the way to respond to that was to send Desmond a DM being like, Bro, I'm an ally. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't don't be shitting on me. Like, okay, come. Okay, 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 okay. I just I have some of the advices for the peoples who <laughs> want who who are left who are engaging uh, with people or who who say they're left because, okay, maybe you're left on some issues, but maybe you're not left on all issues or maybe you don't know a thing. Maybe you're ignorant. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not talking specifically about 
this situation because I find it really difficult to believe that Mike Layton would be ignorant on the issues of why the police do not deserve more money. I'm just talking about generally, like, if, if you are a politician who's on the left, and let's say you get elected, okay, or you are already elected, and someone who is also on the left challenges your stance on something, can we set a new standard? Can we not go, like, and respond to that by saying, hey, I'm all you've got because that's what that response really mm. means. I'm the best that you've got. And if you want me to be good to you on other issues, don't criticize me on any issue, even if I deserve it publicly. Which is a really unethical thing to ask somebody to do, especially if they have made so much of their career about changing conditions for their community where they're talking about safety they're talking about death in their community and this of course i'm talking about desmond cole but it doesn't have to be that it can be anything else if someone is criticizing you publicly like that's what if you're an elected representative you should be looking at that type of criticism as some sort of gift mm-hmm mm-hmm it is consultative advice that you didn't have to pay for. And in fact, how this whole public system should work. It is how a public system of a representative democracy, whatever that means these days, should work. And responding to it by being like, um, no, you got to eat my shit with the like tiny little bit of shine that I'm going to give you too, is absolutely unconscionable. Yeah, well, the, the really fucked up part about this is, like, you describe a public system as, like, the politicians should be responding to the to the people in their communities that they respect. That's not a leftist thing. That's literally what, like, all politicians do. Sometimes they listen to the bad to bad people, to the wrong people, actually, most times. Mm -hmm. And so the, mm -hmm. the, the role of the left representative is to understand who is saying what and why. And to always listen to what is being said. I mean, there is no way to justify giving more money to the police, period. So if we can agree that that is true for lefties, then to get angry or, or annoyed that you're being called out for doing like basically something that's betraying the, the principles that you're apparently there for. I mean, it's just so it's just so pathetic and boring, right? Like, there, There is a widespread disengagement, disenfranchisement from politics, for, uh, of, of politics from average people because politicians act like this, because politicians don't yep. want to hear from the activists. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be pushed. They don't want to be pushed left if they're left politicians. And it's like, if you don't want to be pushed as a left politician, fucking stop calling yourself left because you're not like at all. Then you're yeah. just a guy who's sitting there taking a job from someone else. You're just you're just there as a city councilor. Like, congratulations, you're a fucking career politician. And that's you can be a career politician, but then don't try to also say that you're a lefty when you can't take the base level criticism, let alone more sophisticated criticism, my God. And 
this is widespread among social Democrats in this country, whether it's social Democratic. I mean, you know, Layton's a city councilor, so he's not elected with a party uh, or with people involved with the NDP or left members of the of the Liberal Party. I mean, this idea that it's like I've given you something and I'm the best you've got. And so shut up. I mean, they, that doesn't even exist on the right because the right is clever enough to understand the push pull that must happen for their project to be realized, which is. Oh, I'm a moderate career politician. Oh, Hank, who owns seven Wendy's, wants me to loosen up these uh, zoning regulations so we can have a ninth Wendy's right in the schoolyard parking lot. Right. It's like, hmm, that seems pretty extreme. People aren't going to like this. I'm going to meet with Hank privately to figure out how we can fuck over the school. I mean, that's literally what the right does. And then the left is like, I'm an ally. Fuck you, Desmond. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just and I, you know, like, uh, I just I I feel more of this coming on. Like I I can imagine a world where there's more of this coming on um, with, you know, like we've got we've got some people who are good, who've been elected in Ontario. We might get some folks who consider themselves left elected federally. Like I just have a plea, you know. If you if you are like tight with some people on the ground uh, and they decide to criticize you, don't go like don't get all in your feelings about this. It's like literally not about you, Mike Layton, and it's not about you, uh, whoever else is going to be the, the representative in for whatever other issue this comes up about. But it is it is about black people in the city of Toronto. It is about whatever constituency is bringing up the issue that they are criticizing you about. Like, we're talking about them. Like, they should be at the center of the discussion. And if you are getting your back up so intensely, like, the first thing that you think to do is, oh, my God, I got to defend myself in print so it can be screenshotted (laughs) and posted all over Twitter Like, you just need to take a step back and just, like, really think about how you're engaging on these issues. Because for some people, it's literally life and death. And if for you, it's just an exercise in how you view yourself and how other people view you, not good enough. I need you to get a little bit deeper into the trenches, understand this issue a little bit more, and do the right fucking thing. If you're embarrassed about it, you should be because it was the wrong decision. And somebody calling you out on it is what needs to happen when you make the wrong decision. And so if you're on the left and this happens to you, like you need to accept that shit and do better the next time or undo whatever the fuck you just did. Yeah. And to tie this issue to the issue that we talked about at the beginning of the show, you, you know, you said that this is probably going to get worse. And I think that it, it, you know, it will get worse, but it will get worse expressly because of the role that the media plays in how they force or contort or scare left wing politicians out of action. And what I mean by that 
is we we know that the mainstream press is hostile to left wing ideas, and we know that um, that even something like a public spat between between Desmond and Mike could become news. Might might well pretty likely end up in the pages of the Toronto Star, and that that like shyness of being called out because you know that the that the press is like not interested in in your ideas or that wants to swat you down this is where left the the left left wing politicians need to get so much better at communicating with the people that actually matter the people that vote and the people in their ridings and to some extent not really care that you know if mike layton came out and was like yeah i'm gonna support uh reducing the budget of the, of the police that he might get attacked in the press, right? Like there's there's a, a a game that is that is being played to try and shape the political landscape in this country, and then and the and the news media is playing that role very intensely, specifically with post media and with their with their expressed desire to make things uh, scandalous, to make things true, to make things acceptable, or to make things unacceptable, and far too many politicians on the left are afraid of the press and will not accept criticism because it's like oh I can't believe you're criticizing me we're on the same side I saw that two or three times last week on different issues I saw it I saw it with when the NDP announced their um their their minimum wage plan they they started to use the language of a living wage and and Dave Bush, who's a writer, he came out to criticize it, saying you can't like we cannot give ground to a living wage because the living wage necessarily means that when the cost of living goes down, that we're going to see decreases of the living wage. Like it's tied to this yeah. academic exercise that's not the same thing as a minimum wage. It's a completely fair criticism. And candidates responded by basically being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Now is not the time for this. We're in an election mode. I can't believe you would do this. And it was just like... The same thing. Guys, why not take the criticism? Why not listen to the criticism and say, yeah, actually, we're going to say $15 minimum wage for the federal industries. Easy, easy, easy. Super important uh, demand. And the demand that the social movements have been calling for. Instead, no, we get this mealy mouth kind of thing on the minimum wage. The tuition fee stuff and student debt stuff is the exact same thing. And I don't know if you had people responding to you, but I criticized that. And I had a whole bunch of people asking Oh, if yeah. I'm a fucking liberal. Yeah, I did also criticize that. I did not get people asking if I was a liberal, but I did get I did get some like, OK, but don't you know they're doing this? Like, don't you know that they really do believe that this should happen? It's like, OK, well, it's not in the platform. So, no, I don't like I don't I don't go to the policy conventions. I'm not sitting up reading the policy. Do I know that it's in the policy? Yes, but only because I'm a political nerd. But if it's not in the platform, then I don't know that you actually want it. Put it no. on the platform. Yeah. Anyway, stop criticizing me for criticizing it. It's a bad plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 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 so like there's this weird uh thing that happens among like social democrats the second that like the writ is in the air, <laughs> like whether or not it's like it's 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 dropped or not, um just before or just after. <laughs> the writ is in the air. <laughs> 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 You'd think that I CBC would have another fucking podcast host by Rosemary Barton called that or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, but there's this there's this like this 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 ridiculous like call for 
for uh, for unity. And in a way, it's it's kind of a call for allyship to the NDP, regardless of whether or not lefties are voting NDP. Right. Like a lot of us are kind of like a whole or nose or vote or maybe people are involved in different like left wing parties like the Communist Party or whatever. And it's like you cannot criticize now. You now is not the time to criticize. And it, there's like two ways to approach that. It's like one, then give us your best fucking program. Give us a better platform. Mm-hmm. You know, just copy Bernie fucking Sanders and change United States for fucking Canada and give that. <laughs> like, that'll be interesting. The second way you can look at it is like, sorry, during an election is the time it that is it, it the matters. Time. It is the time. <laughs> it is the time. We've spoken about this before on this podcast, but the election for anyone who's doing any sort of campaigning or organizing on the ground. And um, some of the candidates will know this because I hope some of the candidates have been organizers on the ground. Mm-hmm. An election is a time to get your issue on the table because the media is paying attention in a way that they haven't paid attention before and politicians are paying attention in a way that they haven't paid attention before. And if you need to put out what the maximum program should be, well, now's the time to do it. There's no better time to do it. So you should not only not respond like a dick to this shit, you should be expecting it. Yeah. You should do enough research to know how to avoid but also expect that it's going to happen anyway and come up with a way of how you're going to respond to it and how you're going to respond to it should be ethical and it should be rooted in centering the people who are experiencing this stuff the most. If you're a social Democrat, if you're on the left, if you're not, you can continue to be a dick about it, but you should then join the liberal party. Yeah. Or the conservatives. conservatives. (laughs) (laughs) Jinx. Yeah, I mean, the, the the big frustration I have with this is, you know, it's the same course every single time an election happens. And I'm I'm a seasoned uh, experiencer of these kinds of messages of being like, hey, fuck off. Like, you're, you're fucking with our shit. This is not the right time. And I think the tuition fee fight is a really good example of this question, when is the good time? Because the, 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 the party, the NDP, has a policy for free education. And that policy passed at their last policy convention after I don't know how many, a dozen or maybe two dozen activists organized in as many ridings as they could across Canada to get ridings to try and take that position in favor of the motion. Then they had to fight like hell to get it on the floor. And that was quite a fight. It got onto the floor of convention and then it passed. So they did the work properly. And fast forward a year and a half and it's not on the platform. And so, I mean, this is where people who are members of the party need to take responsibility and understand that critics from the left, I mean, like at the base, we're, we're trying to help, right? Yes. At the base, Mike Layton, Desmond's trying to help by saying yes. you're doing not, not only are you not doing anyone any fucking favors, you're doing harm. Yes. He's saying that not because fuck you, Mike Layton, but because you should do better, <laughs> Yeah. So, so be gracious for the criticism. And there's something else our audience can be grateful for or gracious about. <laughs> that was a really weird pivot. I'm sorry. I really tried. But guess the fuck what, Nora? Oh, I know what. 
I bought my ticket. I'm <laughs> I coming to Toronto <laughs> on October 12th just to talk to you yep. in front of some of our friends or people who will become our friends. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We can't give any other details at this point. I mean, you're going to see the program coming out soon or the, uh, the announcement coming out soon, but save the date, October 12th. It's a Saturday. I believe it's going to be in the afternoon. Yeah, somewhere around like noon or one or something like that in Toronto. Nora and I will be talking to one another about. Do we do we have a topic yet? Let's we let's do. not tell people. No, not tell people. no. All I'm going to say is that it's actually Sandy's favorite thing to talk about. I never know when you say shit like that if you're being serious or if you want my head to explode <laughs> when I find out what it is. Because I haven't read my email about this yet, I'm just going to not. <laughs> you're you're going to agree. Gonna, You'll I'm agree. I'm not going to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we'll see folks hopefully in Toronto on October 12th. And, um, and if you're unable to make it because you live, I mean, we got listeners like around the world actually now, which is pretty cool. Um you know, let us know. We can come out to Germany, for example. On the weekend. On the weekend. <laughs> to adhere to my law school schedule. 